Today, we're getting into part two. I've entitled this message, Empowered Message. And in Acts chapter four, we read about an empowered message that is spoken of and proclaimed by Peter and John here. And um, once again, let me remind you, well, I'll tell you this in a second, okay? Let's get into Acts chapter four, the first few verses, and then I'll kind of give you a little heads up in what's happening with our Acts uh, sermon series here. Okay. Verse 1, Acts 4. As they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. Let me stop right there. What's happening here? Peter and John had just spoken healing in Acts chapter 3 over this beggar at the gate beautiful and he was healed. They began to preach and teach the word of God. People were, were being transformed by the power of God. So the religious people got upset. That's right. The religious people got upset. They were greatly annoyed, as Scripture says here. They were upset at what was happening. So what did they do to Peter and John for preaching the gospel? Verse 3 says, And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to about 5,000. Wow. Well, what are we talking about here? Peter and John were proclaiming and preaching a great message, the message of Jesus Christ. And this message is powerful. How many know the message of the gospel is powerful? Amen. Now, because the outpouring of the Holy Spirit had just happened, they were able to speak and preach an empowered message. And to the point that verse 4 here in Acts 4 says, Many of those who had heard the word believed, and the number of them came to be about 5,000. In other words, thousands of people were turning their hearts over to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Because of what was happening here. Father God, thank you that we can read about what's happening here in the book of Acts, because we believe it can happen here today in the year 2019. Thank you, Lord, for your word. We pray that your word becomes strong and powerful, and we ask your blessing upon the preaching and teaching of your word. We pray this anointing, just like we're preaching about this message that Peter preached in Acts 4, may your word be anointed as we preach it today in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Last two weeks, I've told you about a brand new project. Dozens of churches across San Antonio are doing a sermon series like we are on the book of Acts. Because we are believing that God somehow, some way, can work a miracle in our city and transform our city. Now, it's based on this book called Acts San Antonio, Inspiration for Transformation. If you haven't heard me say it the last couple of weeks, the American Bible Society states they did, a, they did a study that only 8% of Christians today, only 8% read their Bible every day. And the American Bible Society wants to do something about that. So what they did is they decided to call on 56 pastors and spiritual leaders in the city of San Antonio and asked each of us to write a devotion on the book of Acts. 28, there are 28 chapters in the book of Acts. So 28 in English, 28 in Spanish. And so that was brought to us about eight months ago. 
I was one of the ones who was blessed to participate in this project. And in here, we have 28 devotions in English, and then you flip the book around, and you have 28 in Spanish. And for those of you that are following around, uh, today is day number eight, and the 28 days in the book of Acts, last Sunday was day number one. We're going to go through 28 days of studying the book of Acts. And I love what God is doing in our city. So I, I believe that God is bringing our city together in unity. In fact, let me just read an excerpt from one of the ones that we'll be looking at later this week. In day 12, which is Thursday of this week, Thursday's devotional, as people, Christians all across the city are reading along. Oh, by the way, did I tell you this book is free, okay? Right back over there at the Connection Hub, it looks like we've got about 15 left, okay? First come, first serve. <laughs> and uh, just one per person because that's all we have. That's all we have. But this Thursday's devotion was written by Chief McManus from the SAPD. And after writing a devotional on this particular uh, chapter, he says, Take a moment to think about instances when God delivered you from imminent doom. How do these moments give you the confidence to live out your Christian life courageously? With this confidence and courage, what is one thing you can do today to live in righteous boldness? A great challenge, and I just want you to be a part of what God is doing. Also, in your pastor's page, if you don't, if you don't have a copy of it, you can go online and download it or read online. And there's a website, s180.live slash acts. It's in your pastor's page there if you want to uh, tap into this online. Okay. So with, in a spirit of unity with other churches in San Antonio, I am um, looking at various chapters in the book of Acts this month as we talk about what God is doing. By the way, all this is leading up to Pentecost Sunday, which is June the 9th in less than a month. Looking forward to that. All right. Acts chapter 4 is what we're looking at today. We're not going to take a look at all 28 chapters on a Sunday morning, but we're, we're asking, I ask God, which chapters do we need to deal with from the pulpit on Sunday mornings? Chapter 4 of Acts is the one we're dealing with today. This is a chapter that gives us an example of what happens when believers like you and I take a stand for the truth. Talk about opposition. Talk about ridicule. Talk about being bashed for, for talking about God. Yeah, what happens to Peter and John? They were thrown in jail. Anybody here been thrown in jail for telling somebody about Jesus? Well, hopefully not, but we live in a different day. We may be ridiculed, but we're not thrown in jail. At least, I don't think any of us have been for preaching the Word of God. But I do believe that there was something special about the message that Peter and John were preaching that riled up the other people, even the religious people. And I look at this as an empowered message that is unstoppable. Lesson number one we, we learned from Acts 4. An empowered message does not water down the message of Jesus. Let's say this again. An empowered message, which is preached about by John and Peter, does not water down the message of Jesus. So verse 5, let's read this. On the next day, the rulers and elders and scribes gathered in Jerusalem with Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander, all who were of the high priestly family, 
And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, by what power or by what name did you do this? They were referring to the healing of the beggar. They knew who the beggar was. That man was begging for money every day. The whole city knew who that beggar was. Now they see this once beggar who was standing, jumping and leaping, as the Bible says. He is totally transformed. So they asked Peter and John, by what power did you do this miracle? Verse 8. Then Peter, and I love what it says here, filled with the Holy Spirit. Somebody say, filled with the Holy Spirit. Said to them, rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. Now that's, that's some good preaching, huh? He was telling it like it is. He laid it on these people. You guys crucified Jesus. Oh, and by the way, this man here who once was crippled, he's healed because of the name of Jesus. He was just speaking the truth. Verse 11, this Jesus is a stone that was rejected by you, the builders which has become the cornerstone, and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name, somebody say no other name, under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. I love what the Peter does. He's preaching this empowered message, and he says there's no other name by which we can be saved. Back then, and it is now, some people have these ideas that you can be saved in many ways. There are many roads to heaven, as many people say. How many know there's only one way, and that's through Jesus Christ? Peter makes it clear. There's no other name by which we can be saved but the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. No other name. He doesn't water down this message. Today we hear some people watering down the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. A while back, I had someone question something that I said. One of the comments I made from the pulpit, I said, you can choose to serve the Lord Jesus Christ and have a future in heaven waiting for you, or you can choose not to serve the Lord Jesus Christ and experience eternity in hell. This guy was offended. I said, what are you offended about? Why well, you mentioned hell. Well, so did Jesus. Yeah, but you shouldn't be mentioning hell. I said, well, that's the truth. I said, I'm not going to hold back the truth. If you serve the Lord, if you surrender your life to him, you get heaven. Praise God. But if you choose not to serve him, sorry, buddy. What does the Bible say? I'm just telling you what the Bible says. Don't get mad at me. This is what the Bible says. Because there's a lot of religions nowadays that are preaching there is no hell. A lot of religions are teaching that. Hell doesn't exist. Well, the truth is, hell does exist, and I'm not going to water down the message. Years ago, speaking about watering down the message, somebody came to me, and, and, and they said, uh, you know, Pastor Andy, I think it's a good idea if we, if we put in a charter school here at Fortress Church. And I said, well, tell me about a charter school. Well, it's a state-run school, and, and this is how it's done, and, and you can make lots of money. I mean, lots of money, lots of money. I said, okay, well, tell me about... Uh, can, can we can we worship Jesus in a charter school? They said, "Well, no." 
Can we read the Word of God in a charter school? He said, not really. I said, well, can we pray to the Lord God Almighty? Uh, uh, no. I said, okay, see you later. Don't let the door hit you on your way out of here, okay? I said, there's no way. When these facilities were built, these facilities were built to worship Jesus and to pray and to see God. I don't care how much money you offer me. I'm not going to compromise the message of the gospel. I'm not going to water down the message. So today we have, of course, for the last 19 years, a Grace Christian School, which preaches and teaches the Word of God to students, and praise God for that. I wouldn't have it any other way. And that, that's, that's just the truth, okay? Life lesson. Your faith is the example the world needs to see. Your words are the message the world needs to hear. Now, speaking about a strong message, how many of you had a mom, speaking about Mother's Day, that told it like it is? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I ran across this. Maybe you've heard this. It's called the meanest mother in the world. Don't raise your hand if you had the meanest mother in the world. But maybe you can identify with this. It goes like this. I had, this lady wrote, the meanest mother in the world. While other kids had candy for breakfast, I had to eat cereal and eggs and toast. While other kids had cola and candy for lunch, I had a sandwich. And you can guess my dinner was different from other kids, too. My mother insisted on knowing where we were at all times. You'd think that we were convicts or something. She had to know who our friends were and what we were doing. I'm ashamed to admit it, but she actually had the nerve to break the child labor law. She made us work at home. We had to wash dishes, make the beds, learn how to cook. That woman must have stayed awake at night thinking of things for us kids to do. She always insisted for us to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. By the time we were teenagers, she was much wiser, and our life became even more unbearable. When people came to pick us up, no more tooting the car horn for us to come out running. She required that those guys would come to the door and introduce themselves here at the front door of our house. I forgot to mention that most of our friends were allowed to date at the mature age of 12 or 13, but our old-fashioned mean mother refused to let us date until we were 16. She raised a whole bunch of squares. And this is what happened. Years later, we look back and see that none of us were arrested for shoplifting like our friends. None of us were busted for dope like our friends. And who do we have to thank for all this? You're right, our mean mother. Today, I'm trying to raise my children to stand a little straighter and taller. And I have a feeling that I want to be a mean mom as well. (laughs) Are there any mean moms in the house? (laughs) All the kids say, yeah. <laughs> By the way, Digging Deeper Notes this week, uh, I, 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 some of you may like that. I put it in the dig, Digging Deeper Notes if you're going to read through it. Uh, the name of the, of the devotion for this week is Upward Mobility in the Home. And I, get, I describe seven ways you can take your home life upward. And in there is this story that I just read, The Meanest Mother in the World. Okay. Getting back to Acts chapter 4, lesson number 2. An empowered message is full of fruit. An empowered message is full of fruit. I'm talking about spiritual fruit here, 
Now, when we read verses 13 and verse 14 of Acts 4, listen to this. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. Uh Uh-oh. So they were mad at Peter and John for preaching this message, but oh, but look at that. They got this guy next to him who was healed. I guess we can't say anything. Look at that. He's got the fruit of their message is standing up now. This is a healed man. Did you notice the four things that are mentioned here? Four things that are mentioned about Peter and John that the people noticed about them. They noticed, first of all, letter A, that they spoke with boldness. Letter B, that they were ordinary men. Letter C, that they had been with Jesus. How many of you would love it if somebody would say, now there's somebody who's been with Jesus. Can people say that about you? Now, I mean, that, to me, that, that, that's all that I want. I want my testimony to be strong. And then, last of all, letter D, the fruit of their testimony was evident. In other words, it's one thing. It would be one thing to preach the gospel, but they had proof that the gospel of Jesus Christ is powerful. Standing next to them was a man who had been lame. And they said this man was about 40 years old. You read later on there. So the man who was previously a beggar was now walking, and no one could refudiate that. So when people speak about you, is that what they say? Oh, she speaks with boldness. I notice there's a boldness about him. Oh, look at this guy. He's an ordinary man. He doesn't have a college degree, but man, he's got Jesus. Wouldn't it be great to know, oh, we can tell she's been with Jesus. These people were noticing that there was something different about the message and the life of Peter and John. What was it? It was the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? It was the power of the Holy Spirit. Spiritual fruit was definitely evident. Evident all over the place. An empowered message. So it's easy for any of us today to say, oh, I'm a Christian, but is there fruit? It's easy to say, oh, I'm a Christian, But can people say, oh, I can see you've been with Jesus. It's easy to say, I'm a Christian, but is there a boldness that you are ready to proclaim the gospel message for Jesus Christ? So as I was thinking about this whole thing today, or rather this week, earlier this week, is looking at and studying Acts chapter 4, we noticed that Peter and John were arrested for preaching the gospel. And I started thinking, okay, if you or I today in 2019 were to be arrested for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? Mm. I'm going to ask that again. If you today were arrested for being a follower of Jesus, would there be enough evidence to convict you? Mm. Well, if not, we've got some work to do. We've got some work to do because, you know, here, Peter and John, they, they were different. There was something different about them. Now, if you notice, as we read in Acts chapter 4, who was it that were their oppositions? It was the religious people. Did you notice that? It was the religious people who were mad and upset and threw these two guys in jail for preaching the Word of God. You see, what I'm saying is, there's a lot of people that have religion. That doesn't mean they have Jesus. There's a difference between having religion and having Jesus. 
You see, what happened to Peter and John, we read about it two chapters before, is they were recipients of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And when they received the Holy Spirit, their message was transformed to be an empowered message. More than religion, they, have, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Life lesson, the fruit of a truly transformed life is bringing others along in this journey. Lesson three, an empowered message always involves empowered prayer. And in this lesson, I'm going to challenge you to pray at at another level. Let's read about what happens when Peter and John are finally released from prison for preaching the word. What do they do? The first thing they do is they go to their friends. Who are their friends? They are prayer warrior friends, and they begin to thank God for his answered prayer. So I read from verse 23. Once again, we're in Acts 4. When they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted up their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, Why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord, excuse me, and his anointed. Verse 27, for truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now... Lord, look upon the threats and grant your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. Let me stop right there. I'm interrupting this prayer. They're praying, Lord, God, thank you for what you've done. We see the opposition. We see people against us. We see what people did to Jesus. We see what people are doing to us. But Lord, would you give us an extra dose of boldness? (laughs) See, there's a lot of people that when they are in the face of persecution, being ridiculed, they back away. I don't want people to know that I'm a Christian. There's a lot of issues going on in our world today, and I don't want people to know that I support the Bible. That's not the way they prayed. They prayed, Lord, would you give us a boldness? A boldness. Verse 30, while you stretch out your hand to heal, and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. I love verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Oh man, what a powerful prayer. That the place that they were gathering was shaken. Number two, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Number three, they spoke the word of God with boldness. You see, that kind of prayer, empowered messages come from empowered prayer, came because they had a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. They speak to God, and God speaks to them. And i got to tell you that as we address issues, because they were addressing issues of their day. Some of the issues of the day are very like some of the issues we're dealing with today in 2019. And we need to pray. We need to pray. And I want to give you some examples of some current issues that we need to pray about. And I'm not going to talk about politics because there's some issues going on in our culture and our society that are not political issues, but they are biblical issues. How many know there's a difference 
between a political issue and a biblical issue. Some things the Bible does talk about. And we need to talk about here in church because it's the Bible. It's the Word of God. The problem is culture has a different perspective. There's the world's perspective and then there's the Word's perspective. Which are you going to align yourself with? The Word or the world? You have a choice to make. And and, and I'm going to talk about a few things because so many people, even sometimes Christians, align themselves outside of the Word and with the world, for example. Let me give you some examples, and I'm going to talk about what things that, you know, okay. This past week, the state of California passed an education law allowing sex education to be taught in elementary schools. And the curriculum is not based on what the Bible says. Does anybody believe we need to pray? Does anybody believe God wants to raise up prayer warriors? There's a TV personality on a show called The View. Her name is Joy Bahar. And just recently, uh, she was referring to, made reference to Vice President Mike Pence, that Mike Pence, our Vice President, talked about his prayer life, that he talks to God and God talks to him. But Joy Bahar made fun of that and said that because he talks to God and God talks to him, he has some sort of mental illness because of that. How many know we need to pray because, because we need godly men and godly women who are not afraid to stand up? President, uh, Vice President Pence was ridiculed for that, just like Peter was ridiculed for his stance on the Lord God Almighty. In St. Etienne de Rivera, France, Islamics attacked and burst into a Christian church yelling, Allah Akbar, which means the God Allah is the greatest. And they slit the throat of the pastor. Then the police officers arrived and killed the attackers. On Resurrection Sunday, three weeks ago, at least 26 worshipers, including 16 children, were killed and 100 injured at Zion Charismatic Congregation in the Fellowship of Free Churches in Sri Lanka. Two other churches in and near Colombo on an island nation's opposite coast were also attacked by suicide bombers. And that morning, along with uh, things that happened in three hotels, over 250 people dead on Resurrection Sunday three weeks ago. Then a few days later in Burkina Faso last month, a dozen gunmen barged into an Assembly of God church and demanded that the people there in the Assembly of God church convert to the Islamic religion. They killed the pastor and they killed five other people. Last week, there was a shooting in a school in in, uh, Colorado, just south of Denver. And um, STEM school, I think it it was called. One dead, many injured. There was one 18-year-old who died by leaping at the shooter, ended up saving many lives. Reports say that the two shooters, the first one was a gender-confused girl, and the other shooter was very specific about his hatred toward President Trump and Christians. Former President George W. Bush was quoted as saying this, America is a nation of prayer. It's impossible to tell the story of our nation without telling the story of people who pray. We need people to pray. God is raising up prayer warriors. Last week, there's a state representative in the state of Alabama named John Rogers. 
And he said this, concerning this topic, this is not a political topic when you talk about killing babies. This is a biblical, spiritual topic. He said, some kids are unwanted, so you kill them now, or you can kill them later. You can bring them in the world unwanted, unloved. You send them out to the electric chair, so you kill them now or kill them later. This was just last week. Perhaps you know that, can we bring it a little bit more home in 2014 right here in this city of San Antonio, Texas? Our mayor and city council passed something called the NDO, which is a non-discrimination ordinance, which is supposed to restrict individuals from discriminating against uh, transgender individuals. So because of the law, someone could, in fact, let's just say a male could identify himself as a female, and if he so wanted, could enter a, fe- a female bath- lady's bathroom or a lady's shower. And nobody could say anything. Why? Because of the non-discrimination ordinance, the NDO. This was a law that was passed five years ago right here in our city by our mayor and our that time mayor and that time city council people. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of confused people. But is that the kind of city that we want our our the rest of our family to be living in? And these are some things that are happening. Now, to me, when God creates a man, God knows what he's doing. When God creates a woman, he knows what he's doing. God doesn't make mistakes. Whether a person identifies themselves in some, someone other than who they are, that is a spiritual problem. They're saying God made a mistake. No, God didn't make any mistakes. What I'm saying is we need to call on God. Here locally, about a week and a half ago, on the campus of University of Texas at San Antonio, there was a Students for Life group that created a cemetery for the, innocents, uh, for the innocent children who died because they were aborted. They stood up for the biblical mandate of life. That's what the Bible says, life. But other students stepped in with Planned Parenthood signs, and they mocked the biblical view of life by chanting death and some other profane lay statements right here at UTSA. What I'm saying is we need to pray. We need to believe God for a move of his spirit. And there are some people who are praying. Ten days ago, we had the National Day of Prayer. And individuals across this nation were praying for our nation. We here in San Antonio gathered downtown. And we lifted up prayers this past, uh, once again, a week ago, Thursday. Men and women of God, spiritual leaders, and even there's some political figures that call upon the name of the Lord. We called upon God. We prayed for our nation. We prayed for our city. And we were believing for a move of God. Is there anybody who is in agreement about that? Now, we believe it went so well that, and then on top of that, we have numerous churches that are uniting together based on what we believe God can do in the book of Acts. So the spiritual leaders came together, and they're calling a special prayer meeting. And a lot of this is headed up by um, Community Bible Church and Pastor Ed Newton. A lot of this is also headed up by Pastor John Hagee and Cornerstone Church. Because we believe we need to pray. We believe we need to call on God for such a time as this. And so next Sunday, I want to invite you to Cornerstone Church at 6.30 p.m. Because people all over the city are going to gather together and pray and believe God for a move. It's called Righteousness Exalts a City. 
and we're going to be praying for our city. We believe in the power of prayer. And we believe we need a move of God in this city. We believe we need a move of God across this nation. Because there are some strong issues that we're having to deal with. And I realize that some of you may agree or you may disagree with with me. I'm telling you what the Bible says about how we believers need to respond. We could walk away and say, I'm not going to deal with that. Or we can stand up like Peter and John. We read about in Acts chapter 4. They had a bold message because they had a sincere and true transformation of the Holy Spirit. And God did some amazing things. Thousands of people came to Christ because of Peter and John's testimony. And God used them in a mighty way because they were filled with the Spirit of God and they did something about it. My friend, I don't know about you, but I want to I do something about the Spirit of God in me. I want to tell others about the Lord. And I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm going to pray and I'm going to believe God to do some things. By a show of hands, how many of you have ever experienced answered prayer in your life. Let me see your hands. Amen. Almost all of you raised your hand. And if God answered prayer before, do you believe he can do it again? Do you believe he can do it for this city? Do you believe he can do it for this nation? What is God doing? He's calling up prayer warriors from the north to the south to the east to the west who would stand up and say, I'm not going to allow the devil to get a hold of this nation. I'm not going to ha- allow the enemy to get a hold of my family. I'm not going to allow the enemy to get a hold of my marriage or my children, my son or daughter. I'm going to stand up for righteousness. Because as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Remain standing because we're going to call on God. Maybe you want to repeat after me as we prepare for our time in prayer right here. Maybe you want to repeat this. Lord God Almighty. I come to you in the name of Jesus. Thank you for giving me the gospel message that is incredible and the Holy Spirit that is unstoppable. I purpose to speak the message of the gospel with the power and boldness of the Holy Spirit. I ask you for a fresh anointing of your spirit. May the life I live Show forth the fruit of the Spirit living in me. The world we live in needs renewal and revival. I pray for a move of the Holy Spirit in our nation and in our city. With great faith, I believe this can happen. Amen. So be it. Do you believe it can happen? I believe that. 